Welcome to Murder and Mimosas. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. Our show is Murder and Mimosas. It's a true crime podcast. This means that we do discuss crimes, including but not limited to disappearances, murder, and sexual assaults. All our episodes are told with the respect of the victims and the victims' families in mind. We strive to ensure that we provide factual information, but some information is more verifiable than others. With that, grab your mimosas and let's dive in. Welcome back. I'm Shannon. And I'm Danica. Today, we're going to tell you about the intriguing story of Cat West. So grab your mimosas and settle in. So Kathleen West is what she was known to most people. Well, West was her married name. Um, So she was known to her friends and family as Cat West. She grew up with her parents in Florida. She was born February 15, 1975. Cat's parents talk about Cat growing up being obsessed with Marilyn Monroe and striving to look like her. They also talk about Kat's self-esteem issues. She struggled with self-doubt, depression, and they took her to counseling where she was diagnosed and put on medicine for having bipolar. I think that's pretty typical of how most girls feel about themselves, to be honest. We all seem to struggle with being enough and looking like a model. And Marilyn Marilyn Monroe is gorgeous, so I could see wanting to emulate her. Yes, she is. And I... I don't think it matters at what age you are. I think we all struggle with our appearance and self-doubt and all of those things, or most women do, I think. So Kat attended a Super Bowl party in 2000 more, uh, 2004, sorry, and that's when she met Jeff West. The two would talk about being in love at first sight, and they got married later within that year in Las Vegas. The two welcomed a daughter to the family in 2005, which is Lola. Jeff was in the military, so they moved around often, and Kat was a stay-at-home mom. In 2011, they were stationed in California. Jeff invited the Drizzlers over for their, or sorry, to their house to meet the family. Brittany Drizzler says that Kat was bubbly and fun from the first time they met. She did indicate that the couple seemed an unlikely couple, but once you got to know them, that you saw that it just worked for them. She did mention that Kat was wild at times, and when they would be drinking, she would jump from the table to the counter. She would take her shirt and bra off at times, um, also with Brittany's husband there. I don't think I'm down for a woman going topless around my husband, but that's just me. Some of this sounds a little bit like it may have been a side effect of alcohol with her medication. I agree. But also, I, I, I don't know. I just can't imagine my friend doing that. I'm just like. I would have secondhand embarrassment. Yeah. And I'll also be like, hey, honey, we're out of here. <laughs> so when asked um, how her husband took this, she said he never seemed jealous at all or that it bothered him. He said that was just her personality to him. So. The couple moved to Alabama in 2014 and built a house in 2015 there. They were a normal suburban couple. Well, mostly. So Jeff and Kat had a date night on January 12, 2018. Lola stayed with Jeff's parents for the night. The two went to a seafood restaurant for dinner and they had drinks at the bar at a different bar, not the restaurant. After that, they stopped off at a liquor store on the way home and 
they're seen in the video um, with him grabbing her bottom while they're looking for alcohol. They get a bottle of Irish whiskey and a bottle of Lucid. They appear to be happy and playful for the most part. So the two head home where it is said that they had about six more drinks. I don't know if that's between them or both of them, but I don't know about you, but even that's a lot for me. I'm a lightweight, so that's a ton for me. And to think that they also, I'm sure, had a drink at the restaurant with dinner. And then who knows how much they had a drink at the bar. Like, that adds up quick. That does. So Jeff said he went to bed about 1030 that night. The next morning, one of the neighbors, 19-year-old Morsha Purifor, I don't know if I said that right, but is heading to work and sees Kat lying halfway in the road. She immediately returns home to get her parents. This is around 5 in the morning, and her parents come over and they call 911. When police get there, they see that Kat is naked except for a sports bra she has on. She had her phone next to her and an empty bottle of Lucid on top of her phone. The police feel like this looks staged and they see that there's another pool of blood across the street and this is where she lives across the street and they think that her body was moved. The police also don't feel like Jeff is acting how he should when he learns of his wife's death. I am guilty of doing that. I'm going, oh, to back differently, but I've seen time and time again with true crime that nobody acts the way you think they're going to. People say that, but until you're in that situation, you have no idea how they act, how they, quote, should act. I mean, everybody takes in things differently, especially I'm thinking he's in the military. They're taught to control those emotions because they see some pretty crazy things. So I don't know. For me, I I always hate that they didn't act like they should act. I agree. And you see that on so many documentaries, the police saying that, but there's there's no standard way to act. Everyone has their own emotions and deals with it differently. And like you said, he was in the military. So he had seen a lot of death, I'm sure, and handled it different. But so they say at the station, police learn more about Kat and her source of income. They find out Kat goes by Kitty Cat on a site that's called OnlyFans, where Kat poses in lingerie, skimpy clothes, and at times, well, nothing at all. Meow. <laughs> so... OnlyFans is a website that you have to subscribe to to see pictures and videos that are uploaded. You can also pay for things you want her to wear, and you can have her model them on there. So Kat used her Instagram and Twitter, both with very large numbers of followers, and with her scantily dressed photos to lure people to her OnlyFans website. Jeff informed the police that he often took photos of her to post on her site. For him, this was just business, and it wasn't something that bothered him. This man is just chill with everything. He is. He really is. But, I mean, I I guess to each their own. Um, I think I have too many issues to handle things like that. Yeah. No. No, thank you. So, Jeff recounts the night to the police when interviewed. He says they... They went on their date. He got alcohol on the way home. They drank about six drinks. He took some pictures of her in a bra and panties for her webpage, and he went to bed around 1030, which is my kind of date if I can be in bed by 1030. Yeah. <laughs> he says she stayed up and continued drinking. He says he woke up about five that morning when he heard the dogs barking. His wife wasn't in bed, and he got up to look for her. He was looking through the house when he saw police cars outside and he went out to find out what was going on and heard about her death. 
So I don't know. And also, I don't want to say that that he should be her caretaker, but with the way she acts during keynotes, I also wonder, like, should she be left alone? Yeah. <laughs> but so the police say they spent about three weeks looking into possible suspects of people from her online business and nothing panned out. The coroner says she died from a blunt force trauma to the head. She had about a two inch gap gash in her head and her alcohol level was at 0.23, which is nearly three times the legal limit. What the coroner didn't say was that she died from a homicide. He says it's undetermined. The police say in an interview with 48 Hours that they never once considered this an accident, but always considered this a homicide. So Jeff is arrested on February 22nd, 2018 and charged with the murder of Kat and has a bond set of 500000 Jeff pleads not guilty. So let's take a look at what evidence the defense has for trial. They have ABT security records that show the times that the door was open and closed. But this doesn't show who went in and out of them. So I don't know how well that helps. They have screenshots from Jeff and Kat's health app, which I'm assume, assume are like a Fitbit. From the app, it is determined that Kat's last movement, movements were from around 1045 to 1054, with her going a distance of 0.04 miles. It has Jeff is detailed with his movements stopping between 1103 to 1110, with a total of 18 steps. His next movements Movements were logged between 5.12 a.m. and 5.22 a.m. with a total of 59 steps the next morning. So I have to say that I wear a Fitbit and, um, you know, my husband and I have have times where we challenge each other. But we have also figured out we can hit our watch, tap it to get more, more um Cheaters. Yes, but you can get more steps if you are trying to be in a challenge with your spouse or anybody else. If you just want to sit on the couch and watch TV and tap your watch, it shows added steps. And so I can't say that. I mean, I've never looked at night, so I don't know if maybe if you move a lot during the night, if that logs steps. I can't say for that because I've only done it when I'm cheating sitting on the couch. But so I know that, you know, just tapping your watch can give you movement. So this could have happened to them, and I'm not saying that it did. I'm just saying that it could. So they also used text messages between Jeff and Kat and evidence, which the defense said they were happy to have as exhibits because to them it proved their case more. So, Danica, do you want to read the text? Yep. So the first one is from Kat to Jeff, and it says, I know you're scared to tell me you don't want to be with me, but it's only hurting me more by lying. If you don't want me, say it. Jeff to Kat. Baby, I want you. Do you want me? We really never talked after New Year's Eve. Cat to Jeff. Throwing away 14 years of marriage. So mixed with these messages are um, also pictures that Cat has sent to Jeff. Nude pictures. And he's texting her back how beautiful she is. So we also mentioned it at the beginning that her parents talked about her self-doubt and that she was on medication for bipolar. Also, drinking mixed with this medication can have um, an adverse effect on you. But as women, I think um, we're all looking for reassurance. So to me, these text messages really don't have any bearance either way to me. I don't know. Yeah, I'm not really sure how they're like, oh, 
here it's evidence. Bam, yeah. proof that he did something to her. He's saying, I want you. Do you want me? It seems like they're both maybe a little unsure and they both need some reassurance, but that doesn't scream murder. No. So they also have Jeff's fingerprints on the lucid bottle, which the police feel like this is the murder weapon because there's blood on it and there's a little bit of glass broken from it. <laughs> the fingerprints appear to be as if it's held at the top, like if you were like holding a club and hit somebody, which I thought was interesting. But then I hear the defense, which said, yes, it was in a bag. And when you go in to grab a bottle out of the bag, it's upside down. So you're pulling it out like that, which also made me think, oh, that seems plausible too. They also mentioned um, he's left-handed and it was his right hand that got this out. Then I'm thinking that's okay. I don't think you're going to hit somebody with not your dominant hand, but I, I don't know. So the defense showed the video of what Jeff is wearing the night before um, the murder or death or accident, whatever you want to call it, and show that he's still in the same clothes in the interview with police the next day. Okay, so now we're going to listen to a short clip from Jeff's defense attorney. There was nothing on his clothes. No liquor, no blood, no bodily fluid, no tissue, no hair. So there was no blood or DNA that would suggest a crime. The defense only calls one person. And Danica, can you guess who that is? Jeff? No. It's Kat's mother, Nancy Martin. Nancy testified that Kat had a drinking problem. Way to go, Mom. And that she could never have just one drink. She also said that when she was drinking, she would sometimes wander outside with little to no clothing on and jump on the tramp trampoline or other things, I guess, whatever she wanted to do. So um, that's just very odd and disturbing. So we also don't know. Jeff's blood alcohol level either that night. We're going to take a quick listen to the police chief talk about the case at a press conference on the mountain of evidence they have. And for the most part on this this case, I mean, I, we can't tell you what verbatim what, what was being said one way or the other, but we know what happened that night. Um, we do have evidence to support that. But again, providing that evidence may hinder that prosecution. Before the trial, they come to Jeff and his attorney, and they offer him the Alford plea. If you've listened to us long, you know we've been over the West Memphis 3 case, and they were also offered the Alford plea. But Danica, do you want to tell our listeners what it is in case they're not aware of what the Alford plea is? The Alford plea is the option to plead guilty while maintaining your innocence, but agree that the state has enough evidence to convict you. And in my personal opinion is stupid. <laughs> so Jeff said no to the Alfred plea, even though he would have essentially been released then. Good for him. <laughs> so after the trial ends, the prosecution asked the judge to let the jury also be able to vote on a lesser charge of reckless manslaughter. To me, that sounds like they don't feel like they have much of a case. The jury come back with their decision and they find Jeff guilty of reckless manslaughter and he's given 16 years, which to me sounds like a lot for manslaughter. But I did look in the maximum there um, could have been 20 years. So to, uh, so just let us know on our Facebook page or Instagram what you think. Did Jeff kill his wife or is he innocent? And Danica, what do you think? 
Okay, so I had asked you to look into this case because I honestly thought that we would come to very different conclusions on this. I don't think that he is guilty. There's just not enough evidence for me even to, beyond a shadow of a doubt, convict him of reckless manslaughter, though I think that that was really unfair that they threw that in right before the jury goes off to deliberate because you know they had to know that there were people that were like, no, I don't think I could convict this person of murder, but eh, maybe I could. I, I don't feel like, I don't think that was fair. I think they should have had to convict him for what he was, you know, convicted for or were being like tried that. for. Yeah. I, but I don't think he did it. I think that there's just not enough physical evidence to point to this being a murder. And I know they talked about there was blood and they thought the body would be moved, but she could have moved her own body. Yeah, she, we don't know when she passed out or anything like that, but I am in agreement too. I just don't think that this was a murder. I don't think that Jeff did it if it happened to be a murder. Um, also, she had thousands and thousands of followers on Instagram alone. And they say they went through three weeks of weeding them out and decide there's nothing there. That to me, you didn't do your due diligence of interviewing or looking into all that. But to me, there's just, there's no evidence at all. So I don't know how the jury came back with that. But as we were talking earlier, a lot of times when people see someone arrested on the news or something, they just automatically think that if the police have arrested them, that they had to have done it. So the justice system is sometimes backwards, I think, with, you know, thinking guilty until proven innocent. Yeah, that's definitely how the justice system is. is not innocent until proven guilty, especially with media, social media. It is so much guilty until proven innocent. We saw that with the West Memphis Three, even before social media was a thing. But this just has that written all over it. It's a pretty small town in Alabama from what I was able to find. So and it, I don't think they appealed to have it moved out of that county. So the people on that trial jury had to have some knowledge of this. I guarantee it. And if you're told this is the person that did it and the police are arresting them, as lay citizens, we have like that faith that, oh, the police know what they're doing and they wouldn't arrest someone who's not guilty or that they don't have evidence for. But we see it time and time and again that, yes, they do all the time. And, I mean, I'll also mention that Kat's mother and father um, side with Jeff. They don't think he's guilty. Jeff's own parents don't think he's guilty. And there was never any evidence of physical abuse. They'd, he'd, nobody had ever been called to their house for domestic violence. There had never been anything like that. They had been married for 14 years. They knew, I mean, he knew what her personality was. And if it hadn't been a problem for 14 years, I don't. And also, I never saw anything about a motive. Like, um, I never saw anything about life insurance or anything that sometimes could be a motive. I didn't see any type of motive. I was about to ask you about the motive, if, if they were claiming it was jealousy because of her of her line of work, which it clearly I seems like it wouldn't be. He seems very in in tune with it. He he, you know, said he took pictures that same night of her to put on there. 
you know, he's, he's reaping the benefits too. It's, you know, they're getting the money. Yeah. Which also is another point that, you know, killing her, he's losing income. I mean, that makes no sense. He's losing part of income if he kills her, but he helped take pictures that not to post. So I don't, there's nothing to me that shows a motive. I, I just don't get their reasoning. I think they just, I mean, as they said in the interview, they came into it thinking this was a homicide. And I think that's, they just had had their mindset on that and they couldn't look any other place but a homicide. Yeah, I think that was definitely their downfall. If you think there's a homicide, obviously there's a killer and you need to bring them to justice. But I really don't think that that was the case here. I don't think it was a homicide. I think it was an accident. And I think that Jeff got the raw end of the deal, especially the moment that they said, hey, you can find him guilty of reckless manslaughter instead. I think that sealed his fake. I don't know that they would have come back guilty had that been not been an option. I think they would have likely been deadlocked. Yes, but obviously this is just not in Danica's opinion. We would like to hear yours because obviously there are at least 12 other people that do not share our opinion. So let us know what your opinion is. Yes, you can let us know on our Facebook page, which is the Murder and Mimosas podcast group. If you want to go to Instagram, we will have a picture of both Kat and Jeff. You can find that at murder.mimosas. And we're also on Twitter. You can let us know your thoughts there. If you have a case that you'd like us to look into, whether it's a case like this where it's a little muddled and the answer maybe isn't super clear or one that it is super clear and they know who did it, then, or if it's a cold case, that one too, we don't love those, but you can send it to us. <laughs> we'll think about it. Uh, you can email that to us at murder.mimosas at gmail.com. You can rate us on iTunes, rate us and leave us five stars, only five stars. That's all we will accept. <laughs> and... I feel like I'm forgetting one. Oh, Patreon. We're on Patreon now too. So you can subscribe there and be a member, get um, early access to our episodes, as well as some bonus content. So have a mimosa, but maybe don't have too many mimosas. <laughs> no. And keep your clothes on, stay inside, be safe, and have a great weekend. Bye. Bye.